welcome back to the Busted Header Podcast. I'm Chris, a.k.a. Not the Fake Webby. I am joined, as always, by Jake, a.k.a. Hal Burdius. How's it going? And he doesn't sound like a swamp monster this time, so, like, that's great. It only took a couple tries, but we're finally ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> We've corrected all the audio issues. Uh, he fucked up the countdown on this one, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll get the clapper out. I'll sync it up. We'll, we'll get it all nice and fresh for everyone. All nice and crispy. <laughs> Um, so today we're going to be talking a little bit um, about a couple of, I don't know, trade pieces, if we're going to call it that, um, in Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, um, especially. Uh, I've just fucked up this massively because I've kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> and so we'll just get right into it here then, because that's par for the course for you. Um, it was better the first so time. Obviously, <laughs> so obviously we got news couple days ago um and this is obviously being recorded on the 16th that blake griffin is going to sit out for the remainder of his time in detroit he's worn the jersey for the last time (laughs) and that's uh sad now we don't know yet what that looks like um obviously trades are hard (laughs) and buyouts are um, expensive? I, I don't, yeah, expensive is an undersell in, in, uh, I, I, do we have words to, to like help us comprehend? Like that would be like a, a $60 million buyout if you, and that's if you like prorate the time he's already played this season. So mm-hmm. a lot, yep. <laughs> but if we, if we go back here for a second, what do you think Blake's legacy here is in Detroit? Well, I mean, I, it, it it's kind of unfortunate because I feel like Blake as a Piston was our most popular, most well-known player we've had since, like, Grant Hill. And it much like Grant Hill, it's going to have a very kind of marred tenure on the Pistons where we never lived up to expectations with him. There was a lot of injury concerns as well. Um, and it just, it, it, frankly, it kind of sucks because that's the legacy that people are going to remember it as. They're not going to remember, you know, all the fun times that we had watching him play, all the excitement of him coming to the team. Everyone's just going to remember, you know, how it kind of crashed and burned over these last two years. So personally, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely sad to see the era go because it's kind of, he's the last relic of the SVG era. He was like the last player that was brought in under Stan. Um, and it, it just, it sucks to kind of see it's a completely new Pistons team to say the least. Yeah. So can we give Grant Hill credit now for like how good he was? I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious Maybe about I was that. Too young at the time, like, I, I never, <laughs> I always love Grant Hill. Like it, it's weird to me how many people are like, ah, Grant Hill's a traitor and Grant Hill sucked anyway. Like he wasn't good enough. And it's like, oh, it turns out Blake Griffin had like a nearly MVP season and, the Pistons weren't good because the team around him wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Grant Hill at least made the playoffs a couple times and like won a couple playoff games. Just saying he was really good. You, you bring up SVG and you know, I think for both of us, we both, when the trade for Blake first goes down, I think both of us were shocked Yeah, because was, it was Blake Griffin. And it was out <laughs> of left field too. I remember that at the time. And, 
neither one of us really was thinking about Blake Griffin, but at the same time, both of us, I think, expected a trade. We'd, we'd watched Stan Van Gundy trade up and trade up and trade up and keep uh, like flipping assets and always winning these trades. And you knew that he was going for a star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> on one hand... This is ending badly with two seasons where Blake's just not been himself. On the other hand, you do have to kind of say he got the player he was looking for. Not that he ever got to coach that player, (laughs) but you got a player who was, you know, an an all NBA caliber player, a player who was, I, I need to pull up these stats because they're insane and I need to do them justice. You're saying, but a, a guy who put up 25 eight and five ish in Detroit and you know, a player who did lead them to the playoffs. So yeah, I don't don't know. It's one of those things where it's, it's unfortunate kind of the way it went down and the way it ended. And it's still a lot of you still wonders what if we still had one more year of Stan um, going into that was it the 2018, 2019 season, right? Am I yep. remembering my years correctly? Where he had that like yeah. all-star year when he when he looked the part. He looked what we traded for. And part of me just wonders if we had one more year of stand with that team, could they have been better? Could they have done something else? So that's one it's, thing that hurts. It's just one of the like his contract was up after that year. It just doesn't make sense to anybody. What and I've heard I've heard rumors from people who have sources in there and just like oh you know the the locker room was kind of souring on stan it's just like what they never had a chance to be the team stan wanted mm-hmm. them to be you, you, they were never kind of healthy enough so, they never really they never really had that year where they were able to put it all together and kind of take that next step no no and i desperately wanted to see you know we never got to see the andre blake pairing that stan and envisioned i mean Dwayne casey used them both they both had a solid 18 19 season but it was never you know it was it was never the the pick and roll where they were both splitting off the pick and roll you know blake came in was pretty much done rolling he was done yeah. <laughs> playing that that role so to speak yeah he, he's definitely I, more of an it's so hard <laughs> right it's so hard to frame this To me, one of the lasting legacies is just going to be the way that they abused him Mm -hmm. from a medical standpoint. And, you know, the idea that Blake Griffin played 35 minutes a game and everyone knew (laughs) that he had knee injuries and thigh injuries and calf injuries and hand injuries. And you knew and you still played him 35 minutes a game for 70 games until he broke mm-hmm. in like game 75. And then he came back and played two more games for you in the playoffs. And that probably ruined his career. Yeah. And it's not even just like the minutes played. It's like he never got a night off. Like you look through that, the game log for that year, like he only had a couple of games where he'd like sat out for rest. And given what we know today, how important those like rest nights are, especially for someone with his injury history, it just and we knew it, was it wild then. Look back. Yeah, we knew it at the time. It's it was not the like same. It was, it was the same year we saw Kawhi Leonard uh, sitting out back to backs and stuff to manage that thigh injury, mm-hmm. and we 
abused Blake and we used Blake and we got, you know, a couple dozen highlights out of Blake and we'll never know what else we could have seen out of Blake. And that's, Mm -hmm. to me, that's going to be the legacy is this, this constant thing of what ifs of, of what if we'd never traded for Blake? What if Blake had stayed healthy? What if we hadn't abused Blake? You know, what if, what if, what if, because I don't, I don't know what, conclusions you can really draw from this mm-hmm. anymore i mean obviously looking back everything's always in hindsight 2020 but that being said i still think if we go back to that time the winter of 2018 when we made the trade and even with today's knowledge go through it again i think the pistons would still make that trade and still roll that dice it was a gamble at the time and we all knew it we had to trust that blake griffin was going to stay healthy especially over that long deal but if you want to compare <laughs> like where we're at now with Blake versus where we could be at with Tobias Harris, I kind of still feel better about uh, turning Tobias Harris. I mean, yeah, I, was, I, I liked Tobias. I was never that excited to pay Tobias yeah. $30 million. I like Tobias a lot, but he didn't elevate the ceiling the same way that Blake did. And getting him out of there before he got paid, and damn, did Philly pay him. Um and I mean, I know people are going to argue like, oh, well, look at what, you know, all the first round picks the Clippers got. They got one for trading for Tobias Harris and they got two more trading him away. Well, ironically, <laughs> one of those first round picks they got from Philly got traded back to the Pistons, the Luke Kennard trade, and a Sadiq Bay. So <laughs> it's just funny how that kind of comes full circle, but it kind of shows you how easily those first round picks could be had. They weren't exactly, they weren't out that... They, it wasn't hard to get a first round pick or a late first round pick. Um, well, so and like I, I think the gamble was the gamble didn't pay off, but it was at least worth it for the shot that the Pistons got. And well, and also like yeah. I don't think anybody is looking at what the Sixers gave up to get Tobias from the Clippers and is like, wow, that was a great trade. It was it was different like, kind of pe- people <laughs> at the time were like, what the shit did you just pay to get? To- to, to get Tobias Harris, like, that was and he shocking. Was, Tobias was expiring that year, too, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah it was a ridiculous thing. But they went all in, and then they kind of regretted it. And So what's your defining moment of the Blake Griffin era? I'm going to – I mean, part of me wants to say the game uh, against Philly when Andre had fouled out and Blake just – gave us probably the best Blake Griffin performance he had in a Pistons uniform. Which didn't he have like fifty points or something like that in that game? I I don't remember the exact uh statistics, but I know like he went off It was a lot. It, it was a lot of points. Um but to pretty much carry us that win, especially in crunch time, I think it went to overtime um as well. So I don't remember. That would be the one that I, I think I don't have the mind for that, but Yeah. Yeah, for me, and I can't remember if it's that Sixers game or not. For me, like the moment is when he did that like double clutch dunk over Joel Embiid. I think it was that. I think it was that same game that we're talking about. That was yep. It was the first. It was the third game of the 2018 season. Went to overtime. Blake had. Oh, it was a pass fake. It wasn't the double clutch. It was the pass fake. It was the like pass fake to Andre. I'm I'm watching the like House of Highlights thing now. It was the the pass fake to Andre, October twenty third, and then just like posterizes Joel Embiid, and that was in the middle of like Joel Embiid, I think, had fouled out Andre or ejected Andre in the first mm-hmm. 
um, first meeting um, and like, yeah. Oh, what a play! Yeah, but he put up in that game fifty fourteen and six, and he was five for ten from three. And it's like <laughs> we were undefeated at that point, and it was like, holy shit, this Blake Griffin! Oh my god, I remember thinking at the time that was. Point. Which I mean that that probably I say would be the high of the time with Blake Griffin. What I'll always remember him for though is like we said, he played a lot of minutes that year. And he played a lot of games. And for him to come in, and obviously for me personally, I was at the game for the first playoff game we played against the Bucks um at home mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And I'll always remember him coming out there playing thirty minutes where you just look at him on the court and it's like he's not <laughs> this is not like a hundred percent Blake. He's hurting out there but much like Matthew Stafford he went out there and stuck it out and was like I'm gonna put on for the fans here I'm gonna I'm gonna show out for the home fans and that was something that will always stick in my mind for his tenure the dude had like an ionic column on his leg yeah. like, it did he, not... just, he, he just like came out with like a thing crafted out of like steel and marble around his leg and just like tried yeah uh, he gave it his it would have been it would have been a little bit of justice to like not have to face the Bucks in that playoff round. Like that's it just sucked mm-hmm. that like because we were what two games away from the the seven and having yeah, to we face like, someone else. We were like right, but in Blake the got line. hurt in the last like five games of the season, and we didn't. We dropped two or three, and that was it. Ugh. I think we were like a game or two away from six. We would have played like the seventy. Oh, we would have played the seventy sixers because I was excited to play a bead in a home playoff game. We were like, we had to be a couple games out of that. So that was one the, of those what could have been. Yep, that would have been a lot more fun. <laughs> so looking forward a bit to how this plays out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a trade is pretty unlikely. Yep, Blake makes a crap ton of money. It's really hard. He, there's a couple of teams that have a few, you know, that come like uh, the Celtics would would be a fascinating thing if they could fit him into the Gordon Hayward exception. He just doesn't fit. Well, he's pretty you know, hefty out of that. He's about eight million, I think, above that exception. Right, but you know, so a trade's unlikely. We just we can just say that. So at this point, it looks like a buyout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can decline his option. And that makes the buyout yeah. slightly tolerable. If he doesn't, then the buyout hits the cap next year. Yep. So maybe he takes a twenty million dollar pay cut, and we get a twenty million dollar dead cap hit next year. Yeah. Which there are worse things because, like, you now have also twenty million in space that you've cleared, so you can still like actually sign, you know, a reasonable role player if you wanted, or take on a mediocre contract into that space if you needed to it is open but it'll be interesting to see what they do i would imagine any buyout would probably come close to guaranteeing this full year since the pistons don't really care about the cap space this year unless they plan on making some great move um so yeah i don't (laughs) i don't quite know how a buyout would work i'm not going to pretend to especially with the Blake's going to make almost $40 million next year. So, I mean, Blake's made enough money. And from what you were saying, it sounds like he's the one who wants to push for a buyout. But I, that is pure negotiation between the two sides to try and figure that one out. Because Blake right. is not cheap. 
to say the least. And, no. And I spent a good chunk of today trying to work out some trade pieces for both uh, Blake and Andre. The only two that even had a resemblance of idea that would make sense. Um, one, I was sending Blake and Wayne Ellington to the Grizzlies to get back Justice Winslow, who's on a one-year plus a team option for $13 million, who hasn't played a game and has been hurt for this entire year. And Gorji Dang, who's on $17 million still somehow. I think this is the contract yeah. he signed with the Timberwolves like seven years ago, and he yep. somehow is still under it. One of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I think the Wizards had that one beat. The that was, that would be like signing. us going to Thon Maker and being like, hey, Thon, <laughs> you want 21? He's been, I'll give you 21. He's been pretty decent, though, for the Grizzlies, so that's kind of the, the I don't know, I guess the sticking point. Jang? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Gorgie was always a solid player, but he was never, he's been he was okay. never worth that. They do have that, a bit I mean, of a... That's ridiculous. Once Jaron Jackson especially gets back for the Grizzlies, it's going to be kind of a log jam at center. So my thought is those two plus uh, either a Tyus Jones or a Anthony Melton, who I think they like a lot in Melton. I think they like both of them too much. They like both of them a lot, but... They, they also have a glut of point guards, so um, I was thinking Wayne Ellington can at least be kind of a swing shooter. They could use some shooting. They don't really have a whole lot of shooting. And then Blake could possibly match up either with Valanchunas or Jaron Jackson, probably coming off the bench, playing limited amount of minutes, but would be at least somewhat interesting. And then they could use him as an expiring next year to kind of go after a big trade piece. Since Nope. I'm throwing stuff out there. That was one of the trades. Yeah, no, <laughs> we got we got that far, but nope. <laughs> the other one that I thought was a little interesting was possibly sending him to the Kings, and you got to hear me out because it is the Kings. Oh, this is extremely Kings energy. Yes. So Blake Griffin and Wayne Ellington, um, sending the both of the team to the Kings. I believe they have a trade exception, so they can just take um, Wayne in the trade. Getting back the contract to Jabari Parker, since I'm not sure he's even a real person anymore. Um, and Buddy Heal. I had no idea that Jabari Parker was on the Kings. I thought he was still on the Hawks. I think you're like three teams behind with the Hawks. I know. But, I know it's a problem. But the thought with that is that this frees up minutes for Halliburton to play um, starting alongside uh, Fox, which I think is their like preferred backcourt in the long term. And Buddy Heal's on a four-year deal that starts out at 24 and decreases as it goes. But four years is a long time. Two years is a little bit shorter. Well, you're trying to you're bringing Buddy here. Yeah, is your goal bringing Buddy okay. here? Beep. Nope. Nope. Darn. Buddy can be used as a trade nope. piece in the next offseason as well. I don't think. I think Buddy is a tradable contract. Versus. Oh, it's not that I don't like Buddy. It's that they're not going to give up Buddy for Blake Griffin. That's that's the buzzer. That was. Those are the best two that I can do with that. So. I have some more so, bad trade ideas. So what you're telling me is that Blake Griffin is not getting traded. No, Blake Griffin <laughs> is not getting traded. It's a simple thing. I was going to originally say this is why he bioed as the only option, but even that, like we said, is really tricky. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I am not a fortune teller. I can't tell you what <laughs> what's going to become of Blake I Griffin. I don't know if there's a um, there's any kind of like offsetting stuff. Like if Blake Griffin signs a contract, I don't know how much that can be offset against his buyout. I think there is, but like most of the time, the buyout or the the next contracts, like oh, you signed for the vet minimum for the year, so we get to take you know four hundred and fifty k off the cap hit or whatever. So I don't know if that's really useful, but I forget what it is, and I feel like I repressed it after Josh Smith, so I 
and purposely not remembering it, but there's some kind of language like that, depending on how it's how it's done. <laughs> All right. If we move off of Blake for a minute and take a look at the Andre Drummond situation, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? Andre and the Cavs? I mean, <laughs> I was never entirely sold on Andre and the Cavs long-term anyways. It kind of felt like a very awkward match at the time and still doesn't entirely make sense. The Cavs are not... Like, Andre was never on their timeline. I think it was just a smart deal by Kobe Altman, the Cavs GM, to say, we can get a guy who has the potential to be an all-star for a pretty much a non-existent second-round pick in scraps. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> I think that was their general consensus Was there even the a second? I don't think there was a second in there. I think there was, like, a second, like, like fingers crossed, like, never going to happen, if I remember correctly. Interesting. Okay. But I didn't remember that. I would have to check and double check on that one. I mean, as a whole with... So, are, are you saying... How do you feel about the sitting him down thing? It's a weird one, because the second they got Jared Allen, which I don't think any... I don't think Kobe Altman expected <laughs> Jared Allen just fall on their laps like that either. It, it's definitely a... I don't know. I think they're definitely going to move forward with... When they traded for Jaron Allen, it definitely made sense for them to move forward with him. He fits their timeline. He's, like, five years younger than Andre. He's also a very good player. Like, having both of them on a team is <laughs> a really good center. Uh, two very good centers. So, And they do also have JaVale McGee as well. So it's not, it's not like they don't have a backup center who can play some minutes. I do, I do kind of feel bad for Andre because he signed this contract a long time ago with the Pistons in... I don't think he got a say in where he was going in Cleveland. And I'm sure he, he had... absolutely did not. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get a say where he was going there, but I don't think he either... I, I don't think Andre Drummond was like, yes, let me volunteer to play with two point guards who won't pass to me. That's my <laughs> plan. Yeah. And now part of me um, thinks... Like, I, I did think look this up the other day when I had heard that both Blake and Andre were getting sit down on like the same day. So they're both represented by the same agency, which makes me think this was the agency coming out and saying, hey guys, this is the day. Either move them by then or we're sitting them down. And that was kind of the agreement there. So part of me thinks this might be like an Andre thing. Although um, with, especially like Draymond Green came out and had like this big long um, conversation in a post-game interview about how, <laughs> how like double-sided it is that the team. I don't think Andre down. wants to sit. I, I think I think Blake wants to sit and move. I don't think Andre wants to sit. I think the Cavs are sitting him because he's not playing well. I mean, that could definitely be part of it because he's he's not played as well since Jared Jackson came or Jared Allen <laughs> got there. Um, so I mean, it, I think it's definitely the Cavs wanting to do it as well. But I feel like Andre, maybe not Andre himself, but his agency did agree to it and was like. This makes the most sense for both parties for him to sit down and stay healthy so that we can get him moved. Now, what he gets moved for, that's another great question. But I, I do think so here, here's I think it was a little bit his point I wanted to make about the Andre thing is I hate, hate hearing that Andre Drummond should be trying harder right now. Oh my god. Because I just gotta inform people, Andre Drummond ended the eighteen nineteen season like a defensive player of the year. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he starts the 1920 season. Awesome. And then 
the Detroit Pistons kept leaking to anyone they could get their hands on how they felt really shitty about Andre and didn't really like him. And it kept coming out and it kept coming out and it kept being trade rumors and it kept being trade rumors and Andre started to play bad and they started doing really dumb shit with him. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh, uh, well, now he's worthless. We're going to give him to the Cavaliers. And you know what? We're not even really going to say thank you in the media. Like they didn't even really give him the goodbye, you know, (laughs) the heartfelt goodbye. I was like, "Mm, get out. And then he plays awesome to start this year with the Cavs. The Cavs start out with one of the best, excuse me, <laughs> one of the best defenses in the in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond and uh, Larry Nance Jr. are like destroying people. Yep. And then the Cavs go, mm, don't care, trading for Jared Allen, you're not worth anything. We're going to start playing you next to other big men and out of position and you know what? We never really had an offensive plan for you, so you've just been getting post-ups all year anyway. And, like, I just... I want to know at what point he should be trying. Because, like, the argument I keep hearing is, like, well, if he tries, he'll raise his trade value. And, you know, people will respect <laughs> him more. And it's just, like, he tried his ass off here in Detroit. And every year, opinions of him got worse and stupider. And Every mm-hmm. year, the Pistons made it very clear they didn't really like him. And then he goes to Cleveland, and he is doing the best he can, trying very hard, and they make it clear he's not worth it to them. Who is he trying to prove anything to at this point? What has trying hard ever... Like, I don't blame him for giving up. I don't necessarily think that anyone should blame him for giving up. I don't necessarily think it's fair to... to really even like ask him to do more like what is doing more ever gotten him except get him traded for pennies on the dollar and disrespected yeah i mean even as even to the point where at the beginning of the year you would hear in the national media and like podcasts and stuff like that them praising how good andre german has been and how surprised they are about how good he can be and how hard he's trying and all this bullshit and then the second they got jared allen it was oh no more andre german let's forget about him send him to the side so yeah no i agree andre has gotten the short end of the stick for a while now and i really look forward to him going to a good team and actually impressing because <laughs> it was never that with the pistons and it definitely was going to be that with the Cavs. i mean i, I now, really hope the they one... can't trade him i hope he gets bought out yeah so that's that, what i'm hoping as so well that he gets to go to like the lakers and just destroy people or like i've heard some yeah. people be like if the he Mavericks, ends up on a good team and like, i don't know how he'd work with rick carlisle but I do know... I don't, I don't like him in the maps. That, that team is not... I, that's not going to be helped by him being I there. do know that if, he, that if he gets to play with Luka, it's going to destroy people. Oh, my God. Like... Yeah. People always focus on what Andre Drummond isn't because he doesn't live up to their expectations and they never focus on what he is. And if as soon as they focus on what he is, it's... you know, And as soon as you get a coach that stops asking him to do stupid shit or stops, stops mm-hmm. letting him do it, which for the most part... It's like, you know what? Andre Drummond's really good at at rolling. You know, he's a bad finisher in large part because he takes a lot of wild shots like that he kind of self-creates. Like, he will play a role. As soon as he got with Blake Griffin, he started to play a role. And if you have players who are good, just let him play the role. Don't just let him post up. Don't just run post-ups for him because you're trying to get him touches, which is what 
Stan did early on. It's what Dwayne Casey did for stretches. It's what he's done in Cle- like as soon as he gets to a good team and he's playing with like LeBron and AD or he's playing on the Raptors or he's playing on the Heat or like any of these teams that have a culture that have a clear hierarchy in them, people are going to once again come out with the, oh, Andre's really good shit. And it's like he always has been. Yeah, he's the kind of person where, or he's the kind of player where I feel like he's going, he's not going to end up on a team. I don't think there's, I I found two trading spots for him that kind of make sense, but even then I still don't see it. I feel like he's probably going to get bought out, and he's going to go to a team that's going to be a playoff contender and has an actual point guard or a ball handler who can actually do something with the ball, and he is going to be phenomenal. And people are going to under people that have underrated his defense are going to have to see like, damn, he is a really good defender, and he does more than just rebound. So I really look forward to that. That hopefully he gets bought out and goes to one of those better teams. But it, <laughs> I just want to see him win at this point <laughs> more than anything else. Does Charlotte have anyone who's got a crazy high contract anymore now that Batum is gone? It's funny you should mention that. The Charlotte Hornets were one of the teams that actually came up with. So this one was the one that I thought, if Andre's getting traded anywhere, this is the one it makes sense to. Not to the Raptors, not to, I don't know, I've, saw the, I've seen the Heat, I've seen a whole bunch of different the teams. Raptors that, like, only make the Raptors only make sense if like the to Celtics. me if they're getting rid of Kyle Lowry, which is somewhat plausible yeah, because Fred Van Vliet's like, the future for them, but... And then I think Kyle Lowry's they're not, not going they're to They're not Cleveland. doing Lowry like that. It would be a big deal. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. It would be a multi-teamer, but I don't see them getting rid of Kyle Lowry like that. Um, but So I had Andre Drummond going to the Hornets. Um, so you can do it for Cody Zeller and Malik Monk. Those cover most of the contracts. And then you got to cover a little bit more. Uh, you can either put in Bismack Biombo, who I think would kind of deplete the center rotation. Because um, that is, with Zeller also going, that's kind of the end of the center rotation. Um, so the sweetener that I gave for the Cavs to take the deal was I threw in both of the Martins. Caleb and Cody. Mm. Get rid of Vernon. I know you throw love Throw Vernon Carey in there. I mean, or I Nick like Richards. Rookie, throw Nick Richards in there for salary. I think you get a little bit more than those two in salary-wise. I'd have to double-check and see, but... I think you need like a, just a tiny bit more salary. But like especially with the it, Zeller's hurt recently, right? Am I wrong in that? He he's been hurt. He just got back recently. Okay, he just got back in the past. Because like that would be a thing with like Ball and Gordon Hayward, like throwing lobs and, and like he would not be an offensive <laughs> focus at all. That would be a fun, 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 mm-hmm. fun Andre Drummond team, and he would immediately make them a good defense. Yeah. That's the thing. I think defensively he would just change the game with them. And they're kind of like hanging around. I think they're like the seven seed right now, but they're like hanging around that playoff spot. This would be a good thing for them to kind of turn nothing into something and get another like player to make a playoff stretch run with it. So yeah. I think the Hornets are kind of sick of losing. <laughs> so it's definitely a move I can see them making. So that's the trade piece I think that makes the most sense. The one that's kind of like my like if he's not going to get bought out, if he's got to get traded, this is the one that I'd like to see him go, and that is to the Nets for uh, Spencer Dimwini, DeAndre Jordan, and Noah Vonley, which I know they're not trading Dimwini, which I still don't quite get because they got like Harden and Irving now, and I don't know that would, if you if you get a third Dimwini's team in there to like give up something for Dinwiddie, I think you're like the the Cavs don't want him because they have point guards, yeah. But if you could get someone else who needs ah. the Dinwiddie. 
I think... Could he play next to... I mean, Garland and Sexton are both pretty small. Maybe he could play, like... I don't know. Size-wise, yes. Skill-wise, he needs the ball in his hands. And so do those two. I don't. I don't think that works, but I... but I think those two both need the ball in their hands as well, which is <laughs> a different point. Which is I don't like their bearing together. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't think Dinwiddie <laughs> helps, but I do think that him going to the Nets is fun. And I think if you were to send Dinwiddie somewhere that needs a point guard, I mean, like Detroit could get in on that and like be willing to send in a couple seconds out for. There's Dinwiddie. a million teams that would love to get Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, so that's why it's like that's the trade asset in there. But we know the Nets aren't trading under Jordan, so... I keep, I keep wanting to <laughs> send him to, to the Blazers, but I don't know how to make it work. Because it's, it's literally Blazers... Dame and CJ making $30 million a year, and then the next highest is Nurkic at 12. And they're not trading Nurkic for it, it, it would have to be like Nurkic Nurk and like Derek Jones Jr. gets up to 21, and you start having a conversation about like Nurk, Derek Jones Jr., and Zach Collins. I mean, I've wanted him on the Trailblazers. I just don't. That would have to be like a buyout one. Blake Griffin, that was, that was he, when he finally gets bought out, I hope he goes to the Blazers. I want it. I want it very badly. I want Blake Griffin running. <laughs> you want to pair him with Carmelo? I want Blake Griffin running DHOs with Damian Lillard so much. <laughs> I mean, that, that would just be a weird one. But yeah. So so let's move on to the to the next couple things here. Um, we got a couple hints from Dwayne about uh, wanting to see Seku, Bay, and Svi get more time. So, um, James Edwards brought this up on his, uh, podcast recently, but like the Bay and Seku minutes are very obvious. Blake's not playing anymore. Mm -hmm. We've seen what that happens to their minutes or what that does to their minutes. Excuse me. The Svi one is different. Svi's like a swing man slash shooting guard slash guard. Like Blake doesn't impact him at all. So does that hint that Wayne is on his way out as well? Yeah. That that would be the question, and I mean Wayne's kind of had his minutes tapered down. I think what? he was injured for a couple of games, and then he's yeah, kind of he had, been a, he had a calf injury, and then a he's little bit less pretty minutes. much cratered after the calf injury. He shot like twenty percent since. Um, so yeah, I still so don't know. It could be a combination of the two. I still don't know like what value he has. I, you know, I know. I think he's like a sweetener in a Blake Griffin trade, or like no, I think I think they, if else. they give a sweetener in the Blake Griffin trade, I think it's fee. Um. I don't think people want to be, and I'm still standing by that point. <laughs> I, everyone else I've heard is much more interested in Svi than you are. I guess. <laughs> um, I just don't see it with them. Like, I, I know James I has mentioned Svi repeatedly as being someone people value around the league. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think Wayne gets you anything other than a really token second rounder. So at this point, it's basically just taking mm-hmm. him out of Dwayne Casey's hands more than, more than anything else. I think it's just like being like, okay, we're not playing him. Would a would like a Wayne Ellington maybe Delon Wright trade? Like now, be like a good second. Delon rounder is like an interesting one, and that, like, because <sighs> you can't trade him right now because you need a point guard. Like you can't, I mean, you could always get and you need a you need a point guard back, back. But like, that would be a thing where like, do you trade? Is Dinwiddie healthy? Like, do you trade him in the theoretical net deal for it and get Dinwiddie back? Like, you need somebody who is legitimately competent at point guard. You can't run this many rookies without having, you know, at the very least, the Ish Smith level of competency. Let me tell you, Ish Smith is available. <laughs> As a Wizards fan, <laughs> and not Ish, not Ish Smith this year, but like Ish Smith two and a half years ago. Um, 
<laughs> so that's just a, an interesting wrinkle there is that maybe we got hints that Wayne's also being shopped behind the scenes. Um, rotationally, I think we already kind of know what this looks like. You know, we've seen that when Blake sits, Bay starts, Seiku gets 20 minutes. I don't know that we need to talk mm-hmm. about how that impact works. Um, I can say that we're, we're happy that it's finally happening because that's something and we've it's been, been happening re- the recently. Minutes, so. so that's that's good. I mean, yeah, Seiku had minutes in the last like about. 10 games. We've seen more minutes. Um, you know, one of the three things here I want to pull out is that Seiku had a moment at the five before his concussion, and I loved it. I thought Seiku was awesome at center. I mean, he was a bit skittish. There was, I mean, obviously that's not a comfort zone, but you could really see the versatility on defense. You could see how it like simplified his role offensively and put him in new spaces that he really excelled in. Um, I'm excited to see that happen again. I think that we might see more of those minutes. Um, certainly this means that he's going to get paired with uh, Mason Plumley more often, I think which is good for him. I think he plays better next to Mason. Um, so that's that's just kind of an extra interesting wrinkle. This is definitely a big advantage for Seiku. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Sadiq Bey, what a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. My Eastern God. Conference Player of the Week honors. <laughs> um, Flamethrowers. 30 against the Celtics, 7 of 7 from deep in a perfect game. And it's just, it's just, it's so much better to do it against the Celtics. Right. It just, it always feels yeah, good. It was just like Andre games. Drummond always seemed to kill the Celtics, and that felt so good. Well, that's because they never had a center who could match yeah, up with them. I don't care. I <laughs> that love that. That was always that. the dirty little secret, but it was phenomenal to watch. And and so we've seen Sadiq also like recover his two point percentage. He's playing pretty good defense. Just all, all in all, like really, really happy with what Sadiq's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have here? So, do we give Casey any credit for the way he's handled rookie minutes recently compared to in the past, or do we think it's mostly just a function of how Blake's no going? Uh, a little bit column A, a little bit column B. I think he's done a better job of playing rookies this year. Um, but I wouldn't. Well, I'm not even thinking this year so much as that. like the last like ten games Fair compared thing. to the first fifteen games. Well, I'm saying like recently, but I I don't know how much credit we can give him versus how much the front office said, "Hey, <laughs> play these young guys." I, I don't I don't know where that where that motivation came well, like, from. Obviously, the Plumlee um, injury and um, yeah, you know Blake sitting out has kind of forced his hands. I think the one thing I've noticed is that he he has been doing a um, kind of cycling through certain players and making sure that certain guys get minutes and doing a better job of giving guys consistent stretches within games. You know, like Svee has gotten several games where it's like, you're not playing this game and you just kind of know you're not playing except for maybe three minutes at the end, whatever. Or it's Svee, you're in at the second quarter and you're going to get 18 and I, mm-hmm. I prefer that because obviously we had issues early on with like Seiku playing in the second quarter for six minutes and getting nothing else. Um, yeah. I guess the only other thing I've seen recently is we've started to see Jeremy Grant kind of come down to earth a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit. I don't think he's. I don't think they've been executing offensively quite as well around him. Um, he's not quite as efficient. 
recently. He's he's struggled with some of the physicality. I think his defense has actually slipped a tiny bit. Um, mm-hmm. I guess something to keep an eye on because he's going to get even more attention now that Blake's gone. Uh, at the very least, Blake yeah. is definitely drawing kind of token attention. So they need to kind of, I think, refocus on the offensive execution because I think it was slipping a bit. I don't think they're doing as good a job getting him on going to the rim on the move. I think hopefully mm-hmm. Plumlee's been out a couple of games. I think if Plumlee comes back and is playing a little better, hopefully that helps. But uh, and then I guess Josh Jackson has had the opposite where he's finally coming out of his slumps and looking awesome. So yeah, he's he's looking back to how he was when he was kind of healthy to be in the year for a yeah, little bit. So stock up for him, stock down a little bit for Jeremy Grant. Um, anything you've noticed mm-hmm. from this week or the last couple of weeks, really? So I haven't gotten much of a chance, uh, especially this last week, and I was pretty busy with it being Valentine's Day and everything, so I didn't really, oh. I didn't get a really good chance to watch much of the games. Um, Do I get to make lewd jokes so actually, here? Or... Eh, you can keep them offline. Um, but I do have a question for you. Yeah. So I, I, I have noticed from perusing the box scores that Dennis Smith Jr. has gotten into the game. Has there been anything of note to return from that, or is he just placeholder? Um, he managed X? to get five assists out of just giving Sadiq Bey the ball in the Celtics game. <laughs> well, I mean, from the highlights of that one, it looked like anyone could have passed him the ball. <laughs> uh, like, I think it was he Laz. Was just making everything. Uh, Laz Jackson was like, wait, Dennis has like six assists or five assists? And it was like, yeah, because he's literally just like dribbling up the court and giving Sadiq the ball, and Sadiq's just shooting whatever he wants right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, when you see a guy with the fire emojis in his eyes, you just hand him. I mean, ball. <laughs> his his first few minutes were absolutely awful. His stuff lately has been a little more stable. I'm not a huge Dennis Smith Jr. fan, so I may have some negative biases there. Um, I've seen this weird thing from people who are like Dennis Smith Jr. is slow, and that's dumb, and they should stop that. What? Uh, <laughs> He's not slow. He's he is a bit of a like a dribble the air out of the ball guy at times. Like he he plays at a slow pace sometimes, but like mm-hmm. just if you have that take on your timeline, delete your Twitter. He's not slow. That's a dumb take. Um, yeah, that's his thing. He's he's very athletic, very right. quick. So we'll we'll give him, him more time to to settle in. I I I mean he needs time. He has had a few uh, a few like moments where he's shown a little bit of a spark um mm-hmm. but i mean again we, we well, do you think if do you think if he turns into someone who can at least hold the rotation down for the second half of the year um do you think it makes a delon Wright trade more palatable where you have you know Dennis smith jr and frank jackson running point guard uh no frank jackson will not be running point guard um so first of all we have to wait for Just... killian to come back you have another yeah, month till the deadline, the so we should at least know Killian's status then. And if they are really, really confident that Killian's going to come back, that'll make that trade a lot easier. Uh, I still think you have to get a guard back. I don't think I like if there's a week where there's like three games where the Pistons have to start Dennis Smith Jr. That's going to be a shit week. I mean. What difference does it make? Well, but <laughs> we're not going but anywhere. I think we've all been yes, I know rookie really impressed with like how here. they've competed this year. And if you, you know, like Dennis, just it, it, I, and it's not only like oh, it's you know, 
whatever they lose, but like it's not fair to Dennis to ask him to do that. Right? You're you're putting him in a bad mm-hmm. spot. It's not fair to the rest of the team to ask them to play with a guy who's not ready for that. So, you know, you have to ask what you're getting out of a um a Dellen Wright trade. And if it's like, oh, we got a second or two seconds for Dellen Wright, well it's like, well, you know what, you can probably get that out of him next year when his contracts got in his last year. Like I I don't think you need to rush a Dellen Wright trade. Um, I don't necessarily expect him to regress from where he's at. This is kind of who he is. Mm-hmm. So um, he's had a bit of a hot streak lately, but like I, I don't, I don't see any reason unless you, you know, unless somebody's offering you something legit mm-hmm. to to force it. Yeah, which I don't, I don't expect. Especially if we get news that Killian's, you know, if they if they get news that like Killian's out, you know, if he needs surgery or if he needs another three weeks, like you can't be spending 15 games without a guard. You can spend two games without somebody. You can't spend a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be that the a Wayne Ellington trade brings in someone rotationally. Maybe that's, you know, maybe there's a salary swap there and you get some, you know, but that's probably like a Steve Blake level guard. I don't know who that would be, but. Yeah. Not a, not a whole lot of uh, market coming back for a Wayne Ellington trade, I don't no. think. Um, so run. what do you want to see from this week? Because anything specific stands out? Well, it sounds like we're actually going to get a game at some point. I would like to play basketball we at had some the, point, yes. We had the, what, the Dallas game got postponed because they're just in the middle of just snow hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're playing the Bulls, I think, tomorrow night is the new plan. Yeah, they swapped the right, Bulls because I, I think Charlotte got caught in the Spurs COVID thing. So we had the Spurs game that was canceled yep. or postponed. The Dallas game was postponed. The Hornets got caught in that mess, so now we're playing Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, hopefully some basketball <laughs> is the main thing. Um, <laughs> so, that's... That, that, that's the main thing, but also just... That, let's see. What do I want to see out of the Pistons this week? I'd like to see... I Se- want to see... Uh, Seku healthy. That would be a big start. Yep. Seku back on the floor would be nice. I want to see more of Sneak Bay just throwing flames left and right, because that's phenomenal. It's definitely a good watch. I want to see Josh Jackson continue to stay comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get used I, to this I'm groove. I'm very much enjoying the Josh Jackson hive. Just like showing up in my Twitter mentions every time there's a Josh Jackson highlight. Just like screaming mm-hmm. about alpha things and then and then leaving. It's the only <laughs> thing. Like I have I have a huge like. There's like 15, 20 people who come in, comment or quote tweet Josh Jackson stuff. And then leave, and I don't interact with those people in any way, shape, or form outside of Josh Jackson highlights. <laughs> like there is a hive out there. It's like the Bay Hive, but for for Josh, and it's just yeah, Josh Jackson, just the Alpha people. Hive, I guess, or like the Alpha Pack or something. They, I'm sure there's a name for them. They must have a name. They all use the same language. I can't. I, it might just be one guy with like twelve burners. <laughs> I guess, and lastly, I would say I want to see some more Svi so I can finally prove my point that Wayne is the more uh, viable trade piece. Well, it'd be nice Svee. for Svi to have a good game shooting the ball because he's had, he, I think he's been really good uh, driving to the rim. I think he's actually been pretty good defensively, but he's just not been able to shoot since basically preseason. And mm-hmm. that's really put a, a dampener on him. But he's also done like a lot of like really tough shots. He's not had. Um, He's not spent a lot of games just like playing the catch and shoot wing. He's done a lot of on ball stuff, and I'm kind of hoping they give him a little bit of a, um, how do I say it, like a role 
refitting and just kind of like settle him in for a okay. few minutes. Um, yeah. Just because I, I think like we saw it a little bit with like Luke Kennard too, is like there were times when it was like, okay, so when we want to get Luke touches, we're going to run him off like the the side pick and roll side dribble handoff and get him going into the middle to do stuff. And it's like, that's cool. He has that in his bag and so does Fee. But like, that means that any three point shot he's taking is coming off a handoff and like is a step back or like a crossover behind the screen step back type thing. You know, mm-hmm. can we run some stuff that gets him, you know, simple corner threes, etc., where he's not, he doesn't have to be on the move. He can just be a stationary shooter. Um, the one really, really good game he had this year started out where he got like a couple free throws and really got going. So that might be a, another avenue. But yeah, he's definitely one of those people who need one of those players who just needs to get comfortable and into the flow of the game. So, yeah. all right. Anything else you want to talk about today? No, I think we've definitely talked enough from our three separate recordings. Too much. So yeah. I'm about talked out for the night. All right. Me too. We will see people next week. Sounds good. See you then. Bye bye. Peace out. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.